1: Welcome to the family with...
2: Down 2.6 po- COVID pounds, Catherine Brandt.
1: And Andy brandt It's the three of us? For now.
2: Uh, Alex will be in since we changed the time to...
1: So she can't come in at 11.30 instead of 11.15?
2: Well, she had to, like, uh, she has child care and she has to arrange things.
1: Yeah, but it was already, if she would have been here at 11.30, she would have had it arranged already. What? Uh-huh. All right. Never mind. Let's go to break. We'll be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest?
3: Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
4: well, Melissa said
1: she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right, be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com.
4: I in the kingdom come.
1: We are back, there ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. There you are. So, L.A. Nick is not in today. Alex is not I'm going to be here at all today. I'm
4: here. There she well, is. You are there. I was wondering. I told you I wasn't going to be able to be here early on Wednesdays. I, t- I told him you would be here.
1: I don't mind early, but you. Mom said you weren't going to be there at all.
4: No, oh, no, I'm here. Sage had ECFE and that was done, and I had to bring him home, and Michael got there, and then so I can be here, like, right now.
1: No, that's fine. I mean, that, that's not whenever you can make it, it's fine. All right. But I just thought you weren't coming in at all because LA Nick's not going to be in today. Well, so we sure. could just have a family podcast, which would be very nice to include you. Hey-o. You know what I'm saying? Since you're
4: part of the family. I sure am.
1: Well, let me think about it and get back to you. You know. As far as I'm I know, saying, anyway.
4: It's... So, yeah.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: I was just. stuck I was just all, I lost 2.6 pounds.
1: <laughs> oh God, she's bringing it up again. You know who lost 2.6 pounds? That would be Catherine. Well,
2: it was. Uh, it, it's, it seems to be harder and harder to lose just a tiny little bit of weight yeah, as I get true. older. It's annoying. Yep. And I've been doing this. Alex hates it when I talk about this metabolism plan. No, thing. I hate I it when the, you
4: say reactive.
2: It's like,
3: <laughs> it's like a every what?
4: other word that you said for like three months a year ago. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, anyway,
2: it's uh, so you kind of do this cleanse thing. It's not about not eating or anything like that. You do eat until you're full and all that kind of
1: stuff. But it right. is
2: a heavy vegetable diet. And let me tell you, things will happen.
1: There you have it. was <laughs> uh, 2.6 I did pounds juxt- of just poop?
2: Wow. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. That's
1: what I understand. <laughs> That's what I've come to understand anyway. Um, Thanks for
2: putting it so elegantly. Well, you applied. That's true. You just ran with it.
1: Your mom said that they already called the other race in Georgia, but they haven't on the Wall Street Journal. I know that. Wall Street Journal said it still remains too close to call.
4: Oh, all over
2: the Twitter's fear—it's yeah, all done.
1: You can't trust lots Twitter. of news sites.
2: Well, lots of news sites have said it. Really? I, I always figure when news sites say it, uh, yeah, then it's got to be kind of true. Well, that's true. What, what? What am I thinking?
1: Yeah. What are you thinking?
2: What is wrong with me?
1: Um. It, they probably. He probably will win the second seat. It looks like he's got a point a four. Although, it, if it stays at point four uh, or point five. There will be a recall and a recount, and I don't know when that would happen. Mm. Because if it's uh, 0.5 or under, you can you can uh, challenge it. So I'm sure there'll be a challenge unless uh, he picks up, uh, Ossoff picks up another another tenth of a point or two. So I don't know how they're gonna how they handle that. That's
2: I don't know how they do anything anymore. Uh, I just like I said, the problem we have in America is that we've got 50 percent of people think one way and 50% think another Mm -hmm. way, and everything's turned into a battle, and if you don't think the way I think, then you're a bad person, and all of this is just, I don't know. Now, if the the Democrats do get total control of absolutely everything, and they pack Mm -hmm. the courts, and they do absolutely everything in their power to stay in power so nobody ever gets to have a voice again, do you think the 50% of people... (laughs) Ooh. That um
1: Jude. God.
4: What did
2: you do, Jude? He's writhing around down there, and all of a sudden he just yiped. I yiped.
1: Did you I whack your head?
2: It. Um. Anyway, I. What? How long do you think people are just going to be happy with this? I know. If you push around fifty percent of the population to get your way, won't they start acting like the Democrats have acted in the last four years?
1: You would mm-hmm. think, I'm but sure probably true. not. <sighs> So, basically, we just, uh, we'll see. How, well, first of all, I, I mean, if they come right out of the chute and start uh, packing the Supreme Court and bringing in Puerto Rico and D.C. as states and they do that, why don't we fix problems here? We have so many problems. You're the ones who talked about all these horrible problems we had. Well, then fix them.
2: Well, I think the problem is is that they want complete power. Well,
1: then that would, so that's fixed. not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work, I'm telling you, going that way. It, it just... It's a situation where, look, and I'm a centrist. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I don't have a dog in this fight. I still wonder, and what do you guys think of this? Donald Trump was a lifelong Democrat until he was elected president as a Republican. Do you think that was a plant from the beginning for him to go in and just trash the Republican Party and then leave? Very well may have conspiracy I, I think so i really think he went so far out of his way to not help in this uh this uh, georgia situation i mean he showed up i know but then he wouldn't shut up it's no, like donald it's not about you now it's about them right
2: i don't know i used to not believe in conspiracy theories but i'm now oh, becoming god. a
1: believer <laughs> oh god
2: <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense
1: yeah, so I don't know, You know, it's, and it's not even a political discussion we're having here, it's just a life, uh, you know, daily life thing we're talking about here, where nothing makes any sense, you can't use this word, you can't say this, you can't say that. Tom Dreeson yesterday on the show uh, mentioned that a guy asked him about this that, and the other thing, and where he grew up, and Tom Dreesen said, well, I have a lot of black friends, and the guy said, oh, don't say that, that's racist. How is it racist to say you have black friends? I don't get that. Anyone? Whoever's eating, you're eating really loud.
2: I'm guessing Alex.
1: Hmm. Well, Alex was it you again?
4: <laughs> we both are eating.
1: <laughs> I, I can turn my oh, mic off Jesus. though.
2: He can turn his mic off, I can. Uh, I know what you cannot. It's 2 hours of your time, I know, not eating.
1: Hours, you have to eat. Well, it's a typical s- family deal right here.
4: I eat was in the car. I was at ECFE with Sage. I had an apple in the car and I'm just freaking starving. Well, oh, they that's do it right. The commercial. Sagey started his little preschool program Sagey. today. Started school he? today. Oh my God, he did not want to leave. We were walking. He's like, I don't want to go home. I'll miss my class. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's so really happy. short, isn't it? It's Gets only it's an hour. Short. It used yeah. I, it's the same. Yeah. I did this exact same class when Fawn was two, and it was an hour and mm-hmm. a half then, and it was a lot different. But with COVID and everything, they have to clean everything in between, and blah 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 blah. So now it's only an hour, so it's super quick. But at least it's something, because I'm like, he needs a change of scenery, because he's in our house so much, and he needs to see other kids other than Fawn.
2: Well, all you have to do for Sage is just give him a hand sanitizer station that squirts automatically, and he'll be amused for days. No, he was
4: like... He was taking all the trucks off See? the shelves. He was playing with the people. There was like this ball ramp thing that he was playing with. They played with Play-Doh. They had big bins of beads. Uh, he was like in new paradise. Toys. Paradise. Yeah. New toys. New and we things, sang yep. songs and read a book. And it was like he had a great He found a hammer and a saw. He was thrilled.
1: Oh, well. Now, was he singing?
4: Oh, yeah. We sang a bunch of different songs. Oh, yeah, and He, he was sings. like patting his knees and singing along.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> was very cute. Marwin Was Marwin there?
4: Marwin was home with fun. They had a skiing adventure.
1: Oh, okay. Because
4: she doesn't have school this well, so week nice. until she goes back to school next week. So they got to hang out this morning.
1: And then, of course, this fall, she starts real school, doesn't she?
4: And, yeah, she's kindergarten.
1: She'll be in kindergarten this fall, this September. And kindergarten starts, kid already. And
4: Sage starts preschool.
2: Oh, man. Yep, it's all happening. They're growing up.
1: Time marches on, that's what you're saying? Time marches on. It
2: sure does, my God.
1: I love it. Yeah, Sage and Fawn, a lot of fun to hang out with. And, you know, if they didn't have Alex's attitude, it'd be even better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my God. She doesn't even respond.
2: I put together the stroller today. I told you you didn't have a double stroller. I said that I could do one. I I know, but I just did it, and it was like uh, a little frustrating. That's why I told you not to do it. Unclear, and then all of a sudden it was like a light went on, and I was like.
1: Ah. It's really nice. It's a very nice stroller. Yeah,
2: I think it, it'll be good for them. Yeah. Yep. Like I said, the side-by-side trip, though, they sh- should have a
4: plexiglass anti-strike. Oh, I agree. Shield in between yeah. children, shouldn't yeah. they? I know. That's the nice thing about the front-to-back stroller is they can't, like, smack each other much. Like, the one kid mm, in the back can kick. Can each kick, other. But they are pretty good about not doing that because I'll be like, I will take you out of there if you're going to kick them. And then they stop.
1: There you have it. <clears throat> yeah. I understand. No, it, uh, that is, uh, it's a really, really nice stroller. I will tell you that. Yeah. L- looks nice. good. Looks Perfect. good.
4: It's cheap. So Lots of shade. That's all I care about. Lots of shade. Yes. And shade.
1: <laughs> it was cheap, and that's all you care about. Pretty much.
4: I, I was like, that's nice. is it cheap and does it have good shade? Good. Done. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: Oh, it'll be fine it'll be wonderful yeah, so the kids got through everything got through christmas got through new years got through all the stuff they're, they did well yeah. soldiered on
4: they sure did and yeah now we're getting back to our regular routine which is nice
1: but the thing is the weather's fantastic 31 today 30 tomorrow No, it's cloudy and all that but oh yeah 31 been, today 31 tomorrow That's yeah we've great. been
4: outside the kids have been cross-country skiing i bought them sleds yesterday they're sledding right now with michael uh They were outside yesterday for an hour and a half with Michael, just, like, digging in the snow and stuff. It's fantastic. I cannot imagine this winter if it were one of those, like, negative 30 constantly winters. I think everybody would go totally bananas.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. I think you're right on the money about that. So, yeah, luckily we're in a situation where the kids can get outside and have a little fun. Mom and dad can take them, you know, little sledding or skiing or doing whatever. That, that's a huge... Yeah, it could be 60 degrees colder. Yeah. Matter of absolutely. fact, I think... Is it not true? I think it, the coldest week of the year is the third week in January, isn't it? I think. No I thought it. it
2: was the first week in February, but I don't know. Well,
4: I feel like the end of January, close. early February is when it gets like coldest. And then March is usually yeah. snowier. Yeah.
1: Well, we're good good because March is snowier and then April is snowy and rainy and then May is rainy, so we got ninety straight days of precipitation.
2: You gotta gotta get those crops you gotta, hydrated.
1: Yep, yep, you gotta get the crops hydrated. That's exactly right. So
2: what is with the new uh dry January and not drinking in October? and all that stuff sober October and dry January what are all these movements
4: what is that I don't know dry January dry January is very normal a lot of people don't drink the month of January Mm. just because it's like oh the holidays I was drinking so much Uh, and I just like they take January off from drinking sober October began 2014 as a fundraiser for a UK based cancer charity apparently I've never heard of sober October but (laughs) yeah dry dry January is very common hmm it's just like How about kind of like a you know New Year's resolution almost kind of thing like start the year out and just.
2: Yeah, well, I understand that like you know, going through the holidays and having all the sugar with the cookies and the yeah. yeah all that stuff and pies and ah la la and then when we were on vacation we were eating out at restaurants and I mean I seriously I felt just terrible. Yeah, no, I understand that. So I, it's kind of nice to just take a reset.
1: I would agree. Speaking of taking a reset, we got to take a reset and go to break. We'll be back special guest right after this with the family. Tom Bernard with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael.
3: Always a pleasure to be with you, Tom.
1: Michael, can you tell me, what do you like most about your
3: job? Well, I know we only have a minute, so the short version is how we build relationships with our customers, being able to drive around town and see all the businesses we've been able to help and how that translates to jobs for their employees and the impact that makes on families in our area. It's truly rewarding. I also love to see the families that started banking with us 22 years ago when their children were young. Now those kids are adults. They're banking with us too. Lastly, I'd say seeing our customers' reactions when we're able to do something unexpected for them, like deliver cash directly to them when they need it, but physically can't come to the bank. I love what I do.
1: Did you bring some of that cash here today? Uh? (laughs) Huh? Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape Doug Sprinthal showing off with his guitar work. I get it. Yep. I get it. Is Reverend Brooks ready to go? Yes, she is. Reverend Megan Smith Brooks, ladies and gentlemen, unravelinggrief.com. Mm-hmm. Boy, couldn't have happened at a better time, Reverend.
0: Well, um, I guess timing is everything, but it's something that I felt I needed to share with the world because we need to bring it into conversation. How do we
1: get through grief? There is a way. You know, it's so amazing to me, uh, Reverend Brooks, that that I, I just you look back and everybody said, oh, my God, the year just dragged for me. The year shot by because there were so many things that were going on. We had, you know, there obviously with the covid situation and the election and everybody hated everybody else and everybody's ripping everybody. I don't go on social media. But I heard from many, many people, people just got vicious on social media. The news mm-hmm. got vicious toward one person or another. What, what is this anger all about? I mean, this huge level of anger we have now. Do, do you have a, a handle on that at all?
0: Um, I, well, it's been shocking and, and disturbing, I think. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that as um, from our human perspective, um, when we feel um, like our foundation has been rattled, when we feel like... We're, our life is out of control we don't know what to do you know, survival um, you know, basis has been um, rattled you know, we're looking at the media and all of the death and the devastation and um, everybody has a different idea of things so we've kind of lost our way and I think anger is a natural um, expression when we have unresolved grief in our life and all of this stuff is being triggered and we don't know how to deal with it
1: do you think more of it has to because obviously the, the, uh, the election in Georgia, you now we've been waiting on that for a couple of months since uh, November 3rd, now January uh, 5th yesterday, it happened. Uh, and with the election going on down there. It seems this election's going on and on and on. And if the second ra- the first race has been called, but the second race, if that ends up at. Point four uh, uh, apart, they're going to recall it and they're going to recount it. So we're going to be dealing with that for the rest of time. Um, it just seems like right now... Do you mind if I call you Megan for a while? Is that okay? Yeah, that's just fine. I just wanted to make sure. I want to make sure. No uh, I grew up a Catholic kid, so it had to be father this and father that. So I just wanted to make sure, you know. No, I'm very informal,
0: but, so please feel
1: free. All right, excellent. Thank you. But you bring it up. A contentious election, the, the violence in our streets, a pandemic claiming the lives of several hundred thousand loved ones, record unemployment, social isolation... Uh, it just seems like it's getting worse rather than better. I'm I'm hoping, Dr. Fauci is right, that maybe sometime this fall we'll be back. Some people are saying it'll be the end of May. I, I think we a, a return to somewhat normal living has got to be paramount in our argument, isn't it? We've we got to get back to normal living, don't we?
0: Well... You know, I think there's a, there's a problem with thinking we're just going to get back to normal because what is normal? Okay. You know, it, we have in our own mind, we've established what it's supposed to be for me. But if we hold on to getting back to the way it was, we're going to be disappointed. So the way I sure. support people and my clients is, let's focus on what we want our life experience to be like. What do I want to um, it to evolve into? Because really what's coming up is the opportunity for us to look at all the things that are not working you know our normal was not there were lots of parts of our normal that was not working and if we don't have the courage to look at it then we can't heal and transform it and recreate it into something that maybe works better for us so i think the healthy thing is and grief is is a process that is a part of the human experience it's the emotional response to anything that is painful that changes that feels like it's been taken from us if we look at okay is there something that's being offered to me in the midst of this that if i'm willing to just go into the experience to let go of what no longer works what no longer is healthy and perhaps see that i'm being offered a new opportunity of looking at who am i wanting to become because Grief and change and all this stuff, it changes us at the core, so we can't even be the same person we used to be. So i think part of this process is coming to terms with who am I becoming? What is there that was about me that I wasn't willing to let come forward? And now I have this great opportunity, and collectively, together, we can all bring forth something that's more empowering for the whole. If we have the courage, and we're not so stuck with, how we think
1: it has to be. Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I, we just we have been victim, though, to a lot of other people's whims during this whole deal as well. Like I said, the political environment, that you point out the contentious election uh, in your book. It, it, it just seems to me we're are are we kind of worried that that nothing will ever be the same. So. Yes, we're not going to return to what it used to be, but will it be a situation where nothing will be the same? I think that really scares people.
0: Yeah, and our fear can get in the way of, um, you know, just surrendering into letting go because fear will become a block, it's, you know, just like mm-hmm. grief is. It's an energy block that, that holds us in um, um, focusing on what's wrong, what doesn't work, what I don't like. Um, the pain of the situation and until we can shift our focus to okay I can't change most of this I don't have control over it what do I have control over my thoughts my words my actions so how do I want to use what is being presented to move forward in empowering ways and as I focus on that um, I'm not so caught up in um, what appears to be taken from me and I, you know, when I see all this raging of, you know, the different sides of things, I see clearly there are people that are not willing to look at the possibility that maybe there's something better being offered to us, and holding on to what was maybe isn't a good thing.
1: You know, it's an interesting situation, um, and I'll introduce this part if you don't mind. We were talking about how you deal with this. Now, I, I should say. That it, I didn't know anybody that had gotten COVID for about the first what, Catherine, five months. Yeah, we didn't little... even know anybody had gotten yeah. it. Then all of a sudden, we started, uh, uh, you know, finding out that our some of our friends had gotten it or whatever. Uh, not in our immediate group. Well, no, it actually did turn in our immediate group, didn't it? Mm-hmm. But then uh, we 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 have not, Catherine, and I have not. Uh, had the unfortunate experience of uh, losing someone to COVID. I know people that have, but we didn't know any of them. But you have lost someone yourself, so you know what you're talking about. how How does that? How do you get through something like that, Megan? If you don't mind me asking, you lost your son.
0: Uh mm-hmm. huh. Well, and it was devastating and heart-wrenching. He was murdered. Yeah. You know, so it was Uh. something that I didn't see coming. And the horror of it is something that, you know, created nightmares for months on end. Fortunately, I had a spiritual foundation and some tools and practices. But it's different than when I'm supporting someone else and when you have to apply them to yourself. But One of the Mm -hmm. insights that I had in my own process is that grief really, it's like it takes up residence in who you are. It kind of takes over and if we can't accept it, then there's no way of moving forward because it's a lifetime relationship whether we like it or not. So I've come to terms with accepting that pain of loss, um, allowing myself to um, have the courage to feel the feelings, to scream when I need to, to let the tears flow, but also to focus on self-care and and how do I find a way of loving myself through this painful situation that yeah. that life yeah. doesn't come with a, a a blue book and how to deal with it? We don't talk about it in our in our society very well, um, and it's something we try to avoid. And yet, it's a part of all our life experience. So, uh, what I what I it's a process. It's not like there's a magic wand that you can just get over and all of a sudden everything's joyful and and the pain goes away you come to terms with it and how to live with it and realize that it's it's for me it's offered a depth of who i am that i may not have never ever experienced had i not been willing to um accept the process and go through it because it was something i had no control over and i think that's what life offers us in general everything that's Mm -hmm. going on with us if we stay in our anger and the angst and the, um, the guilt and the regret and the unforgiveness, it keeps us stuck. It holds us hostage. And is that how we want to live? And I know that's not how my son wanted me to live. So I realized that um, honoring him is how I choose to live moving forward day by day.
2: What you just said to me, honoring how he would like you to live is the key to getting over something like that. I mean, every parent is always, we you know, you, you know people that have lost a child, and the first thing you say is, how do you make it through that? How do you live through that? Mm-hmm. It has to be so horrible, and of course it is, but the way to get to the other side would be to think that way, in my opinion, right?
0: Absolutely, because what I, I use this term in my book is that... Um, our life becomes a living legacy, and as I look at what I admired about my son, those qualities are something that I could integrate into how I live my life Is a way of honoring him, and then it takes on a new way of how I'm living. So it's how I move from brokenness to wholeness, and, um, and I see the value in everything that I do, and it's changed my perspective for the better.
1: So, do you, do you mind? How old was your son? And just his—what was his—was his first name?
0: Justin. Um, the family joke was Justin, okay. he was born just in time for Christmas because his birthday was September fifteenth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's and wonderful. He
0: he didn't like that, but um, but I can appreciate it now. Uh, he was twenty-nine years old, and he had a five-year-old daughter when he died.
1: Oh God.
0: So, um, you know, one of the things that um, is natural that you go through this whole process of is realizing the potential of his life that was taken from him, that he never got to mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I raged about that for quite a while. And I guess mean, it's part of the natural process. But you can do that in healthy ways. It doesn't have to be destructive to yourself or to others around you. And and we don't teach people that um, in a positive way.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Well, the, the reason I, that I wanted to know Justin's name is because I do not understand looking at social media. And again, I don't go on social media, but people send me these texts that are outrageous all the time, and tweets and posts and all the rest of it. I don't understand, Megan, why people are so, how people can say the things to each other they say. The cancel culture. I'm going to ruin your life. I hope mm-hmm. you die. How did we get here? <laughs> you
0: know, the way I look at it from a spiritual perspective is as immature mm-hmm. consciousness. It's immature behavior. Yeah. Um, it's, it's for those of us that live in this um, unconscious reality that everything's about me, and um, you know when I, I look at like an unruly teenager, you know where they everything you know that they want everything their way, um, yeah. and they and they can't see the impact of their behavior on others. So. I look at those people and I say they are immature in their behavior. And until they're ready to look at something new, you're not gonna be able to argue with them or get them to change their mind. They have to decide that for themselves. And it's, it's very painful for me to watch um, the reality of statistically how many people there are out there that um, don't question things, that accept things that aren't true, but then hold on to it. And then if you try to take it from them, it's like you're um, breaking their foundation of reality and they don't know how to cope with that. So everything is about a choice. I can watch that. I can listen to things on the news. I can read that stuff and I can let it affect me or not. I can decide. It's like it is not worth putting my energy and even responding to that ridiculous stuff.
1: Right. So I, think that's
0: I can choose how I want to respond in a healthy way. Is it what I do going to make a difference moving forward? Am I an example of how I would want others to be? And hope that that ripple effect begins to change things.
1: Megan, here's my take on it. There, there have been people that have angered me to the point I felt like destroying them, you know. But I never have. And the reason I never did is because let's say some guy did some horrible thing to me or whatever, or somebody in my family, uh, and I go about destroying, you know, canceling them or destroying them or killing them or doing whatever. Um, What about their wife? What about their husband? What about their sons, their daughters, their grandkids? Why do they have to be punished because you're angry at that jerk? That's the way I think about it. It's the other people involved that that are important, not him.
0: Well, that's a healthy um, consciousness, where you realize the impact of your actions has a ripple effect on those around you. You know, I actually went to a parole hearing for one of the defendants that were um, in jail for um, the murder of my son, and Mm -hmm. though he was the one that had the lesser um, role in the situation, um, I recognized that the choice that he made to participate in the ending of my son's life not only affected himself, because now he's finding himself in jail. It affected me, my other son, the rest of my family, but it also affected his mother and his family and friends. You know, all those people that are impacted by one person's um, unhealthy and violent action. And so I think that as we mature and we become uh, more accountable for our actions, we recognize the responsibility we have, then we take a breath before we react to life like that. And we don't enter into those kind of behaviors. But there's many people that haven't had that reality done on them yet. And, and that's what's dangerous and unsettling when you look at um, people that are supposedly adults and they're behaving like children.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense. I need to take about a two-minute quick break. Is that all right, Megan? We'll be right back in about a minute and a half, two minutes. No problem. Excellent. We'll be right back. More with Reverend Megan Smith Brooks, UnravelingGrief.com, and also the book, uh, um, of course, uh, on Facebook. She's uh, The book is called Unraveling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. Right back more with uh, Reverend Brooks right after this. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Reverend Megan Smith Brooks, how to heal from 2020? That's a big. That's a big job you got ahead <sighs> of you, yeah. Megan. Uh, how we're gonna, how we gonna heal from 2020? Um, Catherine and I were down in Florida spending some time when this whole thing hit back in. Well, I, you know, when we realized it had hit in in February and really came through. COVID. What, what did I say?
2: This thing, this whole well, COVID, thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <What> thing?
1: This, <laughs> this thing called to COVID, be clear, exactly. COVID, that yes, to be clear, COVID, <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. But we uh, we couldn't go back home because they didn't know what's going on, so we, we were finally allowed to get back on an airplane and come back to Minnesota on April 12th. So we were, up, yeah, for about a month, five weeks, sitting in Florida waiting um to see what was going to go on. It was rather frightening. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the start of the year, it seems to be like literally about a month from now, uh, last year, 11 months ago, the the information started to trickle in, and it got worse and worse. And then, of course, our leaders... Everybody forgets this part, by the way, Megan. Our leaders For- all said, don't worry about it. Go down to the Chinese market. Have a great time. Oh, you should go the Jamaicans. Are having- yes, they Yes you know, They're all... Remember that? they, they tried to talk us all into going and spending time in other people's cultures and markets and having different kinds of food. They ignored it, and now, of course, they all said, "I was the first one that warned you, know. you how to de- no, you weren't.. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So the memory, politicians right? haven't helped them. Yes, yeah, selective memory. So the politicians have hurt us more than helped us, I think, and I think it's all of them. They all worked this. They all made money off it, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, you know, as I said before, it always comes down to our choice. How do we respond to things? And um, what makes sense? What feels like it's the truth? And when I look at last year, and yeah, all this stuff when it started going on, there was some uncertainty, and it was scary, and because we had no idea what we're dealing with. And yet... Last year was probably one of the most creative years I've ever experienced. Um, I published my book, but I also um, completed an online course. It's an extension of my book that helps people more. Um, I've been developing a retreat program with a wonderful um, partner, Terry Wilder, who's a, um, a sound healer. And, and yet I also had some of the most painful experiences of my life uh, and dealing with you know from a humanity perspective all that's going on but i lost one of my four sisters um four days before thanksgiving um mm. this past yeah, year or two. and um and so it's like renewing that pain and it brings it all up but my thought process was everything's coming back to okay maybe there's some control being taken away from me in some areas of my life but i still have control over my immediate environment what's important to me what do i want to create how can I shift what I, how I was doing something into new ways? You know, there's been a great opportunity of exploring um, uh, technology that maybe people were reluctant to use before as a way to connect. I'm doing a lot of Zoom meetings and sessions. So there's been some some surprising gifts that are being offered in the midst of it. And I think that it was like this condensing of um, a lifetime into a short period of time where we had yeah. to really look at things from a new perspective and make changes in a quicker time frame than we normally would have. And that's unsettling, yes, but it also can be empowering. So, what's the gift in the mess? That's the way I look at it.
1: I think that's wonderful. I, I really do. I think that's terrific. You know, because you are a, uh, a minister, Reverend Megan Smith Brooks, our special guest this morning i got to tell you, because you, something you just brought up, and I, I guess this is my proof that there actually is a God, what happened to me on Christmas Day. Because on October 15th, my youngest brother died at the age of 55. Just out of nowhere, I got a call that said, uh, your brother Troy's in the hospital, and he is not going to live through the rest of the day. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He's the youngest kid in the family, and blah, blah, blah. So uh, that afternoon, my brother Troy did die. So the holidays came along. Thanksgiving wasn't that it was not good, but it wasn't that, that bad. But when Christmas Day arrived and my first Christmas in 55 years without my brother, Troy, at least talking to him on the phone on Christmas Day or whatever, yeah. uh, he wasn't there. So I was kind of feeling really sad and really missing him all the rest of it. But here's where the God part comes in. and You're going to have to stick with me on this one. So I'm really kind of feeling sorry for myself more than anything else because Troy is dead. So feeling sorry for him is not going to do any good. So I, I guess I was kind of feeling sorry for myself, right? Mm-hmm. So Fawn, our granddaughter. And now I should tell you that the woman that talked to earlier is my wife, Catherine, and our son, Andy, and our daughter, Alex. Are the, they're the four people. It's our family that's on this show. Oh, okay. um, so Alex, yeah. our daughter, has, has a daughter named Fawny. She's a cute little kid. What does she weigh, about 30 pounds, Uh, Alex?
4: 31.6.
1: 31.6 pounds. Hoppies. She hopped
4: on the scale the other day.
1: So here I am kind of feeling sorry for myself, and I'm really kind of morose and feeling, oh, God, I miss Troy and all the rest of it. Well, Fawny got mad about something, so she started stamping along in these these theater chairs that we have. She's stamping her feet because she's all upset about something. Not intentionally. But when she stepped on my chair, she stepped right between my legs, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I mean stamped down hard. She didn't mean to do it. She just did it. And I realized at that point, you know, things aren't that bad. This is a lot worse than feeling <laughs> <bad> <laughs> about what happened before. So in a way, through Fawn, God said, hey, how does, how does this hurt? Does this hurt more than, than your feelings? Settle down and live your life. It was a great, it was a great moment, actually, you know, doesn't well, it seem like it, but it was. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it gave perspective, for sure. It gave me perspective. That'll jolt
2: you right into reality,
4: right
0: there. <laughs>
1: I well, will and never you know, forget that's the that The thing moment.
0: is, is that what's happening in the moment right now is really all that matters. And when we get ourselves so caught up and we're living in the past, then we miss what's happening and opportunities that we can take advantage of to move forward and have a better future. So there's always a balance in things, and when we can get perspective, you know, something like that that um, you can laugh about now, um, but it, it gives you a chance to kind of look at things the way they are, and I'm the one that's still living. I'm the one that's still breathing. How right. Why do I want to live my life because I still have value in this, and, and that's really what we have to come back to. Um, we're still going to have sadness in our heart for those that we miss and situations are going to be triggered like at holidays when you gather and you miss the person that normally would be there that's normal but there's ways that we can process that and um, honor them and create new traditions or um, for instance my son I have this little Christmas ornament that had a place to put in a picture, and I put my favorite picture of him when he was six. Oh,
1: yeah. And he still had yeah. That when he was six?
0: And his, yeah, and it's my little face. And, I, and so I put it in a special place in my tree every year. It's become a ritual where I can still look at him and feel like he's part of my experience. I haven't lost that completely. So it might not be the way that I prefer it to be, but there's still another way of Um, bringing that in so I can bring some joy back into my life. So we all have that opportunity, no matter what it is, how we're moving forward. Um, And perspective can jolt us into, um, you know, looking at things from a fresh place, too.
1: I understand that completely. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left, and I do want to ask you this, Reverend, if you don't mind. Being a person of faith right now is a bit of a job in America, and I don't know about the rest of the world, but America... Boy, if you're a person of faith right now, you get a lot of criticism. Uh, How are you dealing with that?
0: Just like everything else, I take it in perspective. I understand that people laugh out and, you know, that they have their own established beliefs based on their education, their geographic location, um, what they've been told, what they've decided to believe. But I really think faith is is really more about whatever energy I choose to uh, move forward with is my focus and i can redirect that anytime i choose and new information can come in that will give me new perspective i get to decide whether it has value and it will i will use it to shift my direction it can shift my faith because faith is the foundation of how i live my life no matter what your um religious perspective might be so again it's a matter of choice where am i directing my energy that's where my faith goes
1: But see, that makes sense to me. What they say makes no sense to me, because I I don't... Reverend Bricks, I really don't see you holding your belief in God against anybody and burning them at the stake. I don't see you doing that. I don't see how
0: that serves a purpose. (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: Well, it doesn't. You're absolutely right. We need to we need to stay in touch, Reverend Brooks. You do an amazing job. You have had pain in your life. I might have gotten uh, stepped on by my granddaughter, but I've never, never had the pain that you had to suffer through. I'm so sorry for that as one human being to another. Thank God you did have faith, and I think it probably got you through and the rest of your family. But I would love to stay in touch with you if that's okay with you. Oh, absolutely.
0: I've enjoyed our conversation, and so I'd look forward to another chat.
1: The website, unravelinggrief.com, unravelinggrief.com, and the book, Unraveling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. It's available on Amazon and everywhere else. As a matter of fact, Reverend Megan Smith-Brooks, thank you. Have a great day.
0: Thank you so much, and
1: Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. We will be back in just a couple minutes with
4: the family.